There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mary Ann Cotton, dead and forgotten, she lies in her bed with her eyes wide open. Sing, sing, oh, what can I sing? Mary Ann Cotton is tied up with string. Where, where, up in the air, selling black puddings a penny a pair. That was a nice poetry slam, bro. Stay tuned to hear where this nursery rhyme comes from on The Reluctant Historian. everybody i'm liz lawson and this is our reluctant historian dakota lawson this is the podcast where i try to show my husband that history is actually cool so if you love history or you absolutely hate it this podcast is for you we would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the metis nation we make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different first nations of turtle island all right coda what do you think we're talking about today So this one was tricky because all I heard was the tune and I tuned out everything else. (laughs) I was like, and I was also thinking about my like joke that I was going to do, which Mm. is me just snapping. Right. Which is is what they do at poetry. Right. I'm given to understand. I don't go to those because I'm not a cool kid. Fucking loser. Hey. (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, I don't, I don't like poetry, but you know, teach their own. Yeah. So. Do you like music? Do you like songs? Yeah, yes. Then but... you like poetry. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, don't. Okay, I'm trying to think of an argument against that, but you know what? I okay, I don't like the poetry that is traditionally, uh, you know, just like reading a thing. You know, the the like, you know, what remains in Flanders fields, poppies and shit or whatever you know however that's yeah that's how that poem goes goes. it's like a really heartfelt emotional poetry poem about like world war one but yeah poppies and shit yeah i thought it was apropos we're getting close to remembrance day that's fair that's fair you know lest we We forget. forget yeah so anyways fuck poetry got it so no i i mean i don't know it's her name was mary Mary Ann Cotton. You also told me this is a wicked Wednesday. So either she got murdered or she did the murdering. Mm. Is this about Bloody Mary? No. Oh, that's all I could think of. Ooh, that could be a good one for spooky season. It could be. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So what's this about? Yeah. So I first heard this story through a podcast that I used to listen to called Criminalia about crime and alcohol. Mm. Uh, That was a true crime history podcast. So if you like to hear women talking about historical crime, it's worth a listen. So we're going to be talking about Mary Ann Cotton. She was a convicted murderer from England who was executed for poisoning her stepson. But she was so much more than that. She's actually believed to have been a serial killer who possibly, probably, killed 11 of her 13 children. Jeez, this is, uh, I guess, stepson meant something different in the yesteryears. Now, Now it just means... 
Oh, I feel like you should insert the Pornhub song here. You don't, you don't actually have I'm to. I'm not going to. Me, me doing the joke <laughs> is enough, but... <laughs> no, that's not it. I can't do... I hate poetry because I don't got no rhythm. You have rhythm. Yeah. So fair warning, there's lots of dates in this story. Oh. I do try to you. keep them all in order and make sense, but they're important to give you scope of what happened with Marianne. Or you should just throw them out of order to make it confusing like the witcher season one absolutely that's yeah. my goal in life thank you yeah so what's your golden nugget yeah i'm assuming ours is the same no oh i know what yours is the hotel last night yeah oh okay well i guess uh, our anniversary means nothing to you <laughs> uh <laughs> so yeah yeah we had our um our anniversary was a week ago but we finally got to celebrate uh we went to uh, we stayed at a hotel in mm-hmm. our fair city down by the river. Yes. And we went to T- Taverna, yes. which is our favorite our place. Italian place that we go every year every year for our anniversary. Yeah, it's very sweet. Very yeah, romantic. it is. And uh, yeah, the hotel We're those was... people. What? We're those people. That celebrate our anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, those people are the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we, uh this hotel we stayed at was uh it was nice it was my favorite looking hotel because it was very modern yeah a lot of modern amenities but there was a couple they things didn't have tlc they didn't have so every year we go to a hotel and we watch trashy tlc shows you know we got hoarders last year we did a marathon of toddlers and tiaras uh you know it's great fun and I think this hotel is meant for like business, and I guess TLC does not mean business. <laughs> nope. So all the channels they had, they had lots of sports and some movie channels, some news, some news. So what did we watch? We watched like Border Security. We watched Forty Eight Hours. Yeah. And then I watched some South Park. So on the entertainment front, while those shows were good, I really look forward to our yearly TLC. TLC, because <laughs> uh, I ain't paying for that shit. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. And then the, the then the actual, uh, you know, the hotels being all inventor- environmentally friendly, you know, goddamn hippies. They, uh, the air conditioning would shut off after it got to a certain temperature and then the room would get super hot and mm-hmm. then it would turn back on again. Yeah. And we couldn't open any windows. No. And so. like, and I, I wanted to jump out the window. We were on the 11th floor. But we were on the 11th floor and the windows wouldn't open. So killing myself wasn't an option unfortunately i thought this was a golden nugget i feel like it's really turned a corner here well i'm just talking got it this is just the uh, dakota talks but it was a beautiful hotel really well designed i just i i really liked it i i I wish because i if this hotel had tlc i'm not kidding that sounds like a joke if it had tlc and the air conditioning was better yeah i would want to stay there every year that's fair because it was cool i really liked how the room was actually really small yeah because i feel like most hotel rooms are such wasted space they're just huge and it's like what's the fucking point so it was really small and like really nice yeah so but we had fun we We did yeah it was a good time we had a good time so what's your golden nugget uh yes i've started taking this new supplement it's called cucamonga it's got glucosamine in it. Just just say you're taking steroids. It's here. Not okay. steroids. <laughs> it's um you can get it on Amazon. Um it's from Mexico and I have not felt my body hasn't felt this good for so long. Like I wake up and I'm not in pain. I can move, like I can walk down the street and not be in pain. I can sit at my chair at work and I don't feel the same pain that I used to. Like it's it is life-changing so 
yeah, like going to the hotel was really nice, but like my but, golden but nugget like, is that my life is like and you sh- infinitely better. You should see her do hacky sack <laughs> yeah. now. Holy, that's my like joke I make constantly. Yeah, nobody every gets day. it though. <laughs> no, why does nobody get it? Well, because okay, well let's describe it to the oh, people. Oh well, she so basically that- kicks her legs up in the air. Uh, to show how much movement she has. Yeah, so... And she looks like she's doing hacky sack. So, a little background here. So, I... When I would wake up in the morning, I wouldn't be able to put on my pants. Like, I couldn't lift my right leg up because my my back and my hip was in so much pain. So, it was really hard for me to get dressed in the morning, uh, <laughs> which sounds really bad. And, and as a husband, at some points, I would have to help you put on your pants. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah I, I would have yeah. to, like... You'd, you'd have to, like... I'd have to, like, lift them up while yeah. you stayed standing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. I was, I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, some might say a wreck. A wreck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said... Erect, and I was like, what? "Some might." <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Iraq. Some some might say Iraq. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I was in a lot of pain, uh, but now I can like move my leg without any help from anybody, and it looks like I'm doing hacky sack. But like, yeah, it's it's very it, impressive. It's life changing. Yeah, she ran across the street yesterday. <laughs> I've never seen her run before. <laughs> Not even when I was like when we first got married. When were you ran? I don't never. I, I guess, guess. May- maybe I saw you. Uh, like I think you. No, I was always sleeping during that time. If you would go for a run with Louise, mm, that's true. So yeah. yeah. No, I think that was the first time I saw you run. I I didn't know that's you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like oh, her just her natural movement is walk. So. Well, I do like moving slow. So yeah. But anyways, I did have fun at the hotel. Being able to put on pants without your help is life changing. Uh, just wait till you get old, and I'm gonna have to do it again. It's like <laughs> it's gonna be life changing for the worse. That's fair. So. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. We think that Marianne Cotton was born on October 31st, 1832, but as with lots of old timey things, we're not sure if that's correct. That sounds like something they changed just to make sure make it on Halloween or something Maybe, like that. Yeah, you know? make it spooky. She grew up in northeastern England in Durham County, and according to some sources, left home at age 16 to become a nurse but returned three years later to become a dressmaker. Then, in 1852, when she was 20, she married William Mowbray, and over the next decade or so, the couple had eight or nine children. Again, the lack of documentation, such as birth and death certificates, leaves many of Marianne's life open to dispute. The only birth that was recorded was that of their daughter, Margaret Jane, in 1856. The family moved frequently, but eventually settled in Hendon, Durham County, in about 1856. Here they had another daughter, Isabella, and we also know that Margaret Jane died in 1860, but then they had another daughter in 1861 who they named Margaret Jane. Margaret Jane. You paused like I was supposed to say something like... Yeah. So I'll just read this to you again, so... Okay. Okay, read it again. Okay. So the only birth that was recorded was that of their daughter, Margaret Jane, in 1856. They moved, da 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 Here they had another daughter, Isabella... And we know that Margaret Jane died in 1860, but then they had another daughter in 1861 who they named Margaret Jane. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) They just replaced her, essentially? I guess so. Okay, well, if I ever, if we ever, God help us, get divorced and I get remarried, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, your name is Liz. Put on this wig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A son, John Robert William, was born in 1863, but he died the next year from gastric fever, which incidentally was what a number of her children were afflicted with. Hmm. 
At some point during this time, William Mowbray had taken out a life insurance policy that covered both him and their three surviving children. William was a fireman who worked aboard a steam vessel, so it makes sense that he would have wanted his family to be provided for when he died, which he did in 1865 of intestinal disorder, experiencing severe sickness and diarrhea and apparently died in agony. Marianne collected a payout of 35 pounds upon William's death, which was the equivalent of 3,560 pounds in 2021, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was apparently half a year's wages for a manual laborer at the time. And then she collected two pounds, five shillings for her son, John Robert Williams' death. Soon after Mowbray's death, Marianne moved to Seaham Harbor, where she struck up a relationship with a man named Joseph Natris. And her three and a half year old daughter, the second Margaret Jane, died of typhus fever meaning that she had one alive child from the nine that she had born. Jesus. What a time it was to be alive. <laughs> Marianne then left this remaining daughter in the care of her mother and toddled off to work as a nurse in nearby Sunderland. Toddled? Did you use that word or was that written? <laughs> no, I used that word. Why she... don't you... <laughs> toddled? Yeah, like... The way you're doing, you're like moving back and forth. It sounds like you're meaning waddled. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of the same. It's a word. No, I don't argue that. Why not just say she walked? <laughs> well, I liked the, I like because it implies that she was just like um, I like the word because it kind of like gives the connotation that like she was just like lackadaisically, just like nonchalantly bumbling off. I believe it gives the connotation that you're trying to make me look stupid <laughs> because I don't know big <laughs> words. <laughs> and next thing you're going to say is toddled isn't even that big of a word. Well, it is to me. Okay. And Scrabble, I could only spell three letter words oh. except for the word. And sorry, I, this isn't very PC. I once spelled, it's a very different time. I spelled the word midget. Okay. Okay. I was very proud that I spelled that big of a word. Okay. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> So here at the, as working as a nurse in Sunderland, she met a patient named George Ward. I thought she was a uh, fucking uh, dressmaker. She did both. Oh, she's like one of those Instagram people. She can do both. Yeah. Uh, George Ward? Yeah. Like the guy, our her, the pool is named after in the Just city? Just like that man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whom she looked after so well that when he recovered, he proposed marriage. However, George did continue to suffer from the failing health that had put him in the hospital, and he eventually died 14 months after the nuptials, mm. after a long illness that was characterized by paralysis and intestinal problems. Sounds like she's killing all these people. The recorded cause of death on the death certificate is that of English cholera and typhoid. The oh, attending... Typhoid Mary. Yes, Mary Ann Cotton. They all have like the same names. Oh. Uh, the attending doctor mentioned that George had been very ill. However, he had been surprised that his death was so sudden. And again, Mary Ann collected insurance after this new husband's death. Hmm. So we are in 1866. Mary Ann is single again, has one kid, and is plotting her next move. Yeah. She met a shipwright in Sunderland named James Robinson, whose wife had recently died. Therefore, he needed someone to help around the house... And when he met Marianne, he decided to hire her to become his housekeeper in November of 1866. Robinson had four children of his own, although a month after hiring Marianne, one of his babies died of gastric fever. Didn't we do an episode, was it Typhoid Mary, the the one where she was a housekeeper or something like that, and she killed? Well, she had typhoid and people got sick from oh, her right. and she was like, I don't know. But that was it. the one, the housekeeper, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, well, but she didn't do that on purpose, right? No. Or wait, well, did she know she had typhoid? She didn't believe them. And mm. they were like, you're sick. And she was like, no, I'm not. 
<laughs> she just she just thought they meant like sick like yeah like you can do it, <laughs> sick tricks on your skateboard yes <laughs> she's like thanks <laughs> and she puts on her sunglasses so what i'm saying is don't trust the help being devastated he turned to marianne for comfort who soon became pregnant herself oh he he impregnated her the help yeah. yes i said don't trust the help <laughs> don't not fuck the help god you know, i Men never listen. No, they don't. It was also at this time that Marianne's mother became ill with hepatitis, so Marianne immediately went to her aid. Although her mother had begun to recover, she also began to complain of stomach pains and then died at the age of 54 in the spring of 1867, nine days after Marianne's arrival. Oh, damn. Mm. So Marianne and her daughter Isabella Mowbray went back to the Robinson household, where Isabella began to suffer extreme stomach pains and died, as did another one of Robinson's kids, Elizabeth. And Marianne received a life insurance payout for Isabella that amounted five pounds, ten shillings. Five pounds, ten shillings? <laughs> Was that a lot back in that day? Not sure. Huh, that Not sounds sure. like a very little amount. Mm. Robinson and Marianne had two children together, named Margaret Isabella. So in remembrance, I guess, of the first two Margaret Janes and then the other Isabella. Yeah. Or maybe they couldn't come up with new names. <laughs> There were so only so many names in back back in those days. Yes, you know? but regardless, Margaret Isabella became ill and then died in February 1868. And then their second kid, a son named George, was born on June 18, 1869. Robinson, the wait, husband. Wait, wait. Yeah, 69. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I I missed that for a second. You did. Jeez, oh, I'm losing my touch. Yes. So Robinson, the husband, began to grow increasingly suspicious of Marianne especially since she kept pestering him to get a life insurance policy taken uh -huh. out on himself. <laughs> then he discovered that she had run up debts of 60 pounds behind his back and had stolen more than 50 pounds that had been entrusted to her to put in the bank. That must have been a lot. <laughs> if she's in debt by 60 pounds, which nowadays, I guess if that's British, that'd be $120. Yeah, about that. <laughs> so... That, that, you know, to say you're in debt by that much, that must well, have been a lot in those yeah, times. Yeah, and so she did, she got, um, for her first husband's death, she got um, 35 pounds of life insurance, which was about 3,560 pounds in 2021. So 60 pounds in debt, she was probably like $7,000 in debt. Well, that's a fair penny. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyways, so he was suspicious. The last Don't be suspicious, don't <laughs> be suspicious. The last straw was when he found out that Marianne had been forcing his older children to pawn household valuables. So he threw her out, but kept custody of their son, George. Some sources say that she might have left on her own accord, but whatever the case, she was left homeless for a time. In 1870, Marianne met another widower, Frederick Cotton. Uh, that's where she got her last name from. Is, is does she, Sorry, does she mostly target widowers? Is that I think the, it the, the theme or was it just like the it. last one? Uh so James Robinson and Frederick Cotton were both widowers. Okay. But then George Ward and William Mowbray don't, I don't think we're widowers. Okay. Yeah. So just. Whoever's there. Whoever's a sing, uh, uh, single man, basically. Yeah. She... Yeah. So, but their marriage didn't really count. Um, it could not be legally verified as she was actually still married to James Robinson at the time. Oh. But they still got married. So. Okay. Frederick was the brother of a friend of hers, Margaret Cotton, and Frederick also had some children with his first wife, 
And then Marianne act as a, acted as a substitute mother to these children who were named Frederick Jr. and Charles. Is that what we called uh, uh, stepmoms back in the day? She's just my substitute <laughs> mother. <laughs> I guess so. That, that makes it sound so much shittier. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't, that's what the source notes said. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Quickly, the sister, Margaret Cotton, died from an undetermined stomach ailment. And Marianne stepped in to console the grieving Frederick Sr. Of course. Senior. Of course. Soon she was pregnant with her 12th kid. Damn, she she's just making the rounds. <laughs> so she got married bigamously, and their son Robert was born in 1872. And soon after that, she learned that her former lover, Joseph Natris, so we were talking about him earlier, yeah. was living only a mere 48 kilometers away from her, and he himself was no longer married. Ooh. Uh, he should open a mattress store. I call it Natris's Mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she rekindled the romance with Natris's Mattresses. <laughs> Thank you for feeding into my uh, joke. <laughs> and she persuaded her new Cotton family, because she's married to the Frederick Cotton guy, yeah. to move near to Natris. Mm. Then in December of that year, Frederick Cotton died from gastric fever so quickly that by the time a doctor arrived, Fred was past all medical aid. Okay. Okay. Here's a question. So she is... She's also killing her kids, right? A lot yep. of them have died. Does she get pregnant just to because lack of birth control, or was it just to like get the guy to trust her more, or something like that? Yeah, like, I, the way that I think it is, I don't know because I didn't read any like hypothesize about yeah. them, but I would assume it's probably like a trap, a way to get him to yeah. marry her. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a good trap. It's a good trap, you know. <laughs> it's a trap. Frederick's 10-year-old son was not long in following his father to the grave, and Mary's child, Robert, did not reach puberty. The life insurances for these people <laughs> went to Marianne. Thank, thank God. Puberty's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Your voices get so fucked up. People make fun of you. It's true. After Fred's death, Natris became Marianne's lodger, uh, so he moved in with her. I wish my mom would have killed me before puberty. Stop it. And she gained employment as a nurse helping out an officer of the law who was suffering from smallpox. Hmm. Many pop culture sources call this guy John Quick Manning, um, but there's, like, no real record of a man named John Quick Manning, so we're not sure. We think it's probably a man named Richard Quick Man, but uh, okay. well, for whatever reason, sources today call him John Quick Manning, so that's what we're going to call him. Why? why though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> His name was Richard. <laughs> yeah, I... Old-timey news. Fake news. <laughs> Mary soon became pregnant with her 13th child, and John was the daddy. 13th? Yeah. Jesus. In 1872, Natris died, leaving his meager belongings to Marianne. A mattress store is not a meager belonging, okay? <laughs> then Marianne's downfall came when a parish official, Thomas Riley, asked her to help nurse a woman who was ill with smallpox. She then complained that the last surviving cotton boy, Charles Edward, so she would have been his stepmother, was in the way of getting married again. And asked Riley if he could be committed to the workhouse. So could she put uh, Charles into the workhouse? Riley said that it wouldn't be possible unless she accompanied him. She told Riley that the boy was sickly and added, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like all the rest of the Cottons. Mm. Five days later, Marianne told Riley that the boy had died. And Riley found that, along with all the other numbers of deaths around Marianne, very <laughs> suspicious. Ah, I, I wonder why. All of... Um... Literally everybody she comes in contact with is dead. Yeah. So he went to the village police and convinced the doctor to delay writing a death certificate until the circumstances could be investigated. So after Charles's death, Marianne's first visit was not to the doctor, but to the insurance office. 
There she discovered that no money would be paid out until a death certificate had been issued, uh, and so we know that won't happen because Riley said don't do that. An exhumation of the body went ahead to prove what actually had killed Charles Cotton. A further examination of the body and samples provided by his doctor showed that he can that he had consumed a large amount of arsenic. Mm. Arsenic. That's just a kind of poison, right? Yeah. Okay. Authorities also exhumed the bodies of Natris and two other Cotton children, and all were determined to have been poisoned with arsenic. Huh. Marianne was only charged with the murder of Charles Edward Cotton. However, the trial was delayed until after the delivery of her 14th child, whom okay. she named Margaret Edith Quick Manning Cotton. Okay. <laughs> uh, just to note, some sources say that this was her 13th child, but it might have been her 14th child. So, so that's what, three or four kids that have the name Margaret then? Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> Jesus. Her trial began two months later, and the defense claimed that Charles had inhaled arsenic dust from wallpaper dye, which was a conceivable explanation, given that arsenic was a common ingredient in many household items at the time. Sorry, what was? Arsenic. Arsenic was a... Oh, and household items. Yeah, they like, actually... Like cleaners and shit, you mean? And wallpaper oh, okay. and baby carriages. Sorry, like, like, it was literally in you, everything. Sorry, when you said household items, I was like, you know, it can be found in your... Uh... Rat poison. I was going to say milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, the prosecution's evidence, the fact that there were a fuck ton of other arsenic-related deaths around Marianne, proved insurmountable, and she was convicted and sentenced to hang. It was reported in the Times that, quote, after the conviction, the wretched woman exhibited strong emotion, but this gave place in a few hours to her habitual, cold, reserved demeanor, and while she harbors a strong conviction that the royal clemency would be extended towards her, she staunchly asserts her innocence of the crime that which she has been convicted of. Marianne was hanged on March 24th, 1873, in a bungled execution. It was Bungled? Per- yeah. It was performed by a notoriously clumsy hangman, and the trap... <laughs> What? <laughs> and the trap door was not positioned high enough to break her neck when she fell, forcing the executioner to push down on her shoulders, effectively strangling her. Oh. It took some three minutes for her to die this way. There is some question as to whether this was deliberate. Apparently, the scene was quite horrific to the spectators and the press who had gathered to watch as her body writhed and jerked, trying to get the noose off her neck. Then a number of those she, in attendance... She just kept on jerking off. Just jerking off that, uh, that rope, you know? Stop it. Um, a number of those in attendance vomited at the site. Oh, god damn. <laughs> um, that's horrific. Yeah. And here you are making jerk-off jokes. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> made a, um, a very off-color joke about uh, Remembrance Day you earlier. Did. You did. Uh, clearly, nothing is off-limits with me. Apparently. So... Marianne never confessed to any of the deaths, and the number of her victims is uncertain, though most sources believe she killed upwards of 21 people. Wow. Most of them her kids. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of... Fucked up? Fucked up. Well, that it's... Fucked up that she had that many. Absolutely, that too. I was like... Also, because, like, mortality for women giving birth was, like, not great, so I'm shocked that she was able to not die. She's a superhuman. I guess so. But how was she able to get away with it? Well, Cotton was shrewd with her crimes, and she cleverly used arsenic to poison those around her. Arsenic poisoning symptoms are similar to those of gastric fever, and before the 1830s, arsenic poisoning was largely undetectable. Additionally, casual arsenic poisoning was commonplace in the Victorian era, era, where people came into contact with the poison on a daily basis. Children's toys and wallpaper contained arsenic. Heck, even baby carriages did. That's crazy. Wait, why would a baby carriage contain arsenic? I don't know why they were using it in everything, but 
In fact, in 1858, when Cotton was still married to her first husband, 15 people died from eating candies from eating candies in condos <laughs> that accidentally contained arsenic in what is now known as the Bradford Sweet Poisoning Incident. So we can see that accidental poisonings did occur, but with over 20 suspicious deaths all under Cotton's roof, the poisonings started to look less and less like illness or accident. Mm-hmm. I- I'm guessing back in those days, they also didn't have those warning labels. No. That, you know, this contains poison. Do not ingest. No, they didn't have those. Be like, <laughs> if they did, maybe all those people wouldn't have eaten those baby carriages. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <Yeah. laughs> In 1998, a former FBI profiler claimed that there are no female serial killers. What? Yeah, but he obviously hasn't listened to our podcast because we know Elizabeth Bathory, um, which we're actually re-releasing this weekend with better sound. uh, And with Marianne Cotton, female serial killers do exist, but they typically have different targets and motives than male serial killers. Like Marianne Cotton, female serial killers tend to target people in their own families, kill for money, or are more likely to use poison as their weapons. How could one say there are no female serial killers? I don't know. He was wrong. Is this like, <laughs> I bet he's a nice guy. He probably he's is like, a nice guy. He's like, there's no female serial killers. Now, all you females, please sleep with me. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> look, look what I said about you, 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 uh, people, you people. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's essentially by calling somebody a female. That's generally totally, what it yeah, is. Yeah. You people. Yeah. And while Marianne Cotton was only convicted of the death of her stepson, her total number of victims is higher than that of Jack the Ripper, making her one of Britain's most horrifying murderers in history. Blimey. So, Dakota, what do you think? Very interesting. Thank you. I thought of a Hollywood movie title for this. Of course you did. If this ever gets made into a movie and this is the title oh, i should trademark this shit actually uh, it is going to be patented called here patented here this is official this is a patented podcast uh it is called gold digging and pregnant <laughs> yeah. love it that's good thank you i think it uh honestly i i would i would go see that yeah uh, directed by michael bay okay um so Actually, that'd be kind of awesome. I mean, Michael Bay isn't great, but I'm just thinking about like, just like the the scenes where she poisons them and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. There'd have to be like, (laughs) the guy would be like eating the thing and then he'd he'd feel the poison in him and then a a camera would go all the way around his head like three times. That's that's a classic Michael Bay. Absolutely. And then there'd be an explosion in the background. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you not know Michael Bay movies? No, I don't know. Transformers? Eh. Bad Boys? Eh. That's all I, I really know. <laughs> uh, oh, those shitty Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies? The newer ones, not the eh. great originals. I don't Fuck. really watch movies. I know. And it's a... Some might say it's why we need couples counseling. Stop it. We don't need couples counseling. <laughs> well, I'd argue that everyone could use couples counseling. That's a good counseling, point. I would agree but, with you on that. But uh, anyways, enough with our marital issues around watching movies <laughs> uh yeah i i thought it was uh was interesting um i i actually was surprised for the most part i mean there was a little bit of uh i'm on adhd medication now also just yeah so people know i'm just on it's a smaller dose it's not perfect yet but i i am noticing stuff i felt like i was able to pay attention for the most part awesome except for at the beginning just that margaret margaret thing yeah just because you like paused to look at me and i was like i'm supposed to have a joke here it sounds like <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, she's 
crazy. Yeah, yeah. she feels like very callous, like just yeah. no fucks given well, killing, for her kids. Like, yeah, like I mean, I I get killing these rich guys for money. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we can get behind that. It's like I've, you know, like if I was a female, mm-hmm. I might do too. You know, yeah, I might you know, start myself a good old OnlyFans and kill husbands. Okay. <laughs> Like, I feel like that'd be a great way to make money. I guess. But like, a lot of work. Of, instead, I'm just, like, a fucking rugged chode-looking guy. <laughs> I feel like that's how people would describe me. A chode? They, yeah, like a like a, a dick that is... <laughs> I know what a chode is. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, they, I'm just walking... Stop it. Down the road and people go, hey, I'm continuing. <laughs> she tries to stifle my creativity. I'm walking down the road... And I just hear, this is the reason for my tears. Uh, I just hear people pass by and they go, oh, that guy looks like a rugged chode. Why would anybody say that? You don't look like that. Thank you. But if I say that, it makes me sound modest. I guess. Yeah. So anyways, we're getting off track. Very much so. I give this seven Mm. point. Mm. Eight mm. rugged chodes out of ten. <laughs> That's where you wanted to get to, hey? No, that just came to me at the end because mm. I didn't have I didn't have a stinger for right. it. I wasn't making that joke to be like, "This is the stinger," right? Because that's like giving yourself your own nickname. You yeah, know? and you're very against that. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'm just gonna start calling you RC. Rugged, rugged chode. <laughs> <laughs> People will think it's because I like to drive fast or something. Like I'm an RC car. But it really is just rugged chode. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> that is the one. Yeah, and also a rugged chode. Would that be like a like a just like... makes me think of like a like a small frog? Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. I see. Well, I would either think it's like a well a chode, a small fat dick. That that's, that's <laughs> so. Are you saying you're small and fat? No, no, no. I'm modest. Remember, I'm right. you know. I'm being modest, yeah. you know? Um, so a small fat dick. Refrag. That 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 is either really muscular. With a rugged. Or has yeah, a beard. Yeah, because a rugged. Because a rugged. Or has a beard, you know? Yeah. Like like <laughs> short guys. And I'm, I recently found out I'm 5'9", not 5'10". So I should get really fucking jacked because I'm short, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or rugged in the sense... I don't know why. I just feel like something that got ran over like roadkill you know mm. so like a small Road fat dick frog. that got ran over Love and that. is flat and Love that. right well, <laughs> like roadkill perfect well well that's all we have for this week <laughs> we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed listening to what we had to say please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth if you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash The Historian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to The Reluctant Historian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. I feel like there could be a movie series about The Rugged Chode. Oh my god, you're still on this? The first one is called The Rugged and the Chode. The second one is called Too Rugged, Too Chode. Third one is Are you called... going through Fast and the Furious? <laughs> Stop <laughs> it! Um, the Rugged and the ch- and the Chode, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's all I got. I'm not gonna go through them all. Perfect. Except for the fourth one, which would just take away the the, and it would be Rugged and Chode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.